It's Jesse Wayne Taylor here, the bald-headed country boy with my dad, Travis Taylor, Mr. Papa T. Good morning. We call him around these parts. What's up? Another good Sunday in the books. It is a good Sunday. Beautiful day outside. Thank goodness. Beautiful day outside. It's been a little not like it's been cold lately. It's been cold and it's been wet and it's been soggy and it's been nasty. And finally, our yard is drying out a little bit where we could actually walk through the yard without slipping on mud. Yeah. There was one day that looked really pretty outside. It was like, oh, man, it's going to feel awesome. And as soon as I opened the door, it was freezing. Oh, it was absolutely. I I don't remember what day it was this week, but I was the same way. You know, usually I don't like to wear a jacket when I drive. So the morning I wear a jacket to the truck, take it off before I get in there and drive. Then I'll put my jacket on when I get to the office to walk in. And I said, I'm not putting a jacket on this morning. By the time I got the truck, I was froze. Yeah, dude. It was cold. So, But that's the time of year we live in. Welcome to Middle Tennessee. If you don't like the weather we're having today, stick around. It's bound to change tomorrow. You, you said that in maybe the last episode or maybe the yeah, one I'll, before I'll probably, that. Every time we talk about the weather, I'll probably say it. Say. <laughs> probably just, y'all should probably make that into a T-shirt or something. Maybe. Know. Maybe we will. You know, we'll see. That's a very marketable phrase it, <laughs> for the state of Tennessee. So. For the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Well, maybe we ought to capitalize on that. That's hilarious. We'll see if we can figure out. We'll call out. the governor tomorrow and see if we can't work out something. Yeah. So have you had a good week? I've yeah. had I've had a nice week. I know you were telling me earlier that you've had to go to some funerals and stuff like that. And um, Well, yeah. y'all, y'all went to an auction or something? Too? Went to an auction last night down in, in Alexandria, Tennessee. Never been to Alexandria before. Uh, cute little town. Not a lot there. Just uh, quaint. Auction was absolutely packed. We had to, we had standing room only. It was crowded. They had a lot of neat stuff there. And it was actually pretty fun. It just uh, was not very comfortable for a fat guy with back problems to be standing on concrete for four hours, you know. so Yeah, any guy with back I'm problems. I'm paying for it today. I'm paying for it today. I'll probably pay for it for the next two or three days, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, we had a good time. Uh we, uh, Sam and Susan, uh, Don, your mama's sister and her husband brought sandwiches and we eat sandwiches on the way back home. Jersey Mike sandwiches. By the way. I think Susan stole some of my Krispy Kreme donuts I had downstairs too when she stuck, snuck by the house. Hey, you know, I'm proud of myself. I've only had one donut out of that box. I'm proud of you too, daddy. Friday night, I had one glazed donut. I bet you nobody else in this house can say that but me. I know I can't say it. I had no intention of saying that when I bought the donuts. The chocoholic diabetic had one glazed donuts out of two dozen. That deserves a fist bump right there. (laughs) I'll give you a fist bump. That deserves a fist bump. I'll give you a fist bump. 
So do we want to take account on how many donuts was consumed by 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 the family? I mean, there was two dozen. There were two dozen. There's still some down there. Oh, we they're still have some there. left? Yeah, they're not oh, all gone, okay. but they are stale. So. Oh, there's two left. Okay, so we've gone through 22 donuts mm-hmm. in the last 36 hours. Right, 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 right. Wow. Right. Well, That's amazing. I'm getting ready to eat pretty doggone clean for the next month, so I figured this weekend we would. All right, so I'm going to go out on a limb here, okay? We've got we've gone through twenty two donuts in the last thirty six hours. I've had one that takes us down to twenty one. I'm gonna say that the other twenty one were consumed by the other three members of this family are sitting here today, and that makes seven apiece in thirty six hours. Dude, I might have had more than that. I don't care. <laughs> and that's what I'm telling you. When I bought them, I didn't have any. In- I had no intention of holding back on the donuts. I had all intentions so of eating the, them until I felt sick. Was it was it one of those deals where they ran like a dozen and you get another dozen for a dollar or something yes, like that? Yes, it's the exact deal that that was going on. And I thought, well, you know, oh. I don't even like chocolate ones, but mom likes them. And I thought, you know, I might even try one just because I'm, I'm getting this. And you know what? I did, and I, I kind of am a fan. I didn't think I was. I'm going to tell you right now, there is not a product made by Krispy Kreme that I don't like. Really? Not one? Not one. I bet I could go in there and find one I'm not a fan of. You know what we need to do? We ought to go in there one day and do a podcast from Krispy Kreme. I don't know if we could do one from Pr- Krispy Kreme, but we could definitely go get Krispy Kreme products and bring them here. We could do two dozen, <laughs> two dozen donuts. All right, every one of them different. Okay, cut them in half, and let's just take a just take a sliver of each one of them and you see if there's to, one you don't like. You don't even have to tempt me with a good time. I'm there. That would for be it. a blast. Oh, I'm absolutely there for that. I I think we we might will need to work remember that to make that happen. Yeah, that'd be fun. I already have some other um, eating ideas that might be fun for us. I know you uh, yearly would have a chitlin. Boil with your father. I did, which yeah. It's not something I'd care anything about <laughs> eating, but I do think hmm. you would probably get a kick out of sitting down and cooking some. Man. So I would be willing to do that with you one day, but I will say I don't think I will enjoy consuming them. Let me tell you this. Oh, I love eating fried chitlins, I but I do not like cooking them. They smell terrible. They smell terrible. I mean, you're, you're cooking, you're How cooking. Good. Yeah, well, you're cooking poop skin. I mean, the it's, it's the skin the, the that holds the poop that yeah. runs through your body. That's basically what it is. It is what yeah. it is. And it's the tube that holds your poop. And not, this is not human poop. This is pig poop. It's worse because they worse. eat slop. They and eat anything. Yeah, anything. They eat anything. All right. So when I was a kid uh, in Fairview, the Lions Club every year the first. Saturday in December would have a chitlin supper, and it was their it was their largest fundraiser for the year. And people from every back in the seventies, people from everywhere would drive miles to eat chitlins, and it was a great place for for the local politicians to come out and campaign if they were running for office or just to be seen. You know, they always offered boiled chitlins, fried chitlins. And fried chicken, white beans, cornbread, coleslaw, and tea or coffee, and you could you could eat all you want. Yeah. Okay. So we would start about 
four o'clock. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. And my granddaddy and my daddy both were heavily involved. Your, my papa, your, your ma's daddy, and my father, mm-hmm. Paul. Papa daddy. Which is who you, yeah, that's who you daddy, call papa That's daddy, what we right? called My mother's daddy was papa daddy. And then when we got old enough and we thought papa daddy was just weird, we shortened it to papa. Mm-hmm. And then my daddy were both heavily involved in the Lions Club. Great organization. And uh, so we'd start that morning about 4 o'clock, and they had this big old wash kettle. You know what a wash kettle is? It's a big old iron kettle. I don't know, three, four foot, five. They make them in different sizes, four or five foot wide and about three, three and a half foot tall. And that thing was full of hog guts. Mm, Okay? And you boil them. And you had to boil them for about eight hours, maybe nine hours, you know, to get them tender. And the way that and the way we stirred that thing was with a boat oar. We had a big old wooden boat oar that we sit there and we stirred those chitlins. This makes me want to throw up. So what you do, you put the gut in there, the guts in there. You put potatoes, just regular old Irish potatoes, and then you put onions and you'd put uh, banana pepper. That kind of helped take some of the some of the odor out of the chitlins. Boy, I it bet it work, took. I bet it took some of it, it did but make, it didn't take all of it. It did make you feel better about it. You know? Oh my gosh! And so we'd boil them for about seven or eight hours. Big poop tubes. There is no way to get that odor out of your clothes. And the reason we 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 would quit, you know, we'd have them boiled about two or three o'clock, start putting them in buckets and taking them to the Lions Club so they could fry them. And then we'd have to go home and shower before we went out there because it was awful. I mean, I remember Mama telling us, hey, take your clothes off on the back porch. And I said, Mama, what if what if somebody sees me? She said, I don't care. Don't come in here with a stitch of clothes on, get in the shower. I don't get care. Get yourself cleaned up. I do up. not. I can hear her saying it. I don't care. Uh, so, yeah, it so we go out to the Chitlin Supper, and and I remember one time meeting Tandy Rice out there. All right, now Tandy Rice was an agent for Jerry Clower, um, and and several other people. But I the one I remember the most was Jerry Clower. I was eight years old when mm-hmm. I met Tandy Rice, and Tandy um, gave he went back and mailed us. Um, a Jerry Clower album, and we literally listened to that Jerry Clower album till we wore it completely out. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, we the, we had the stories memorized. We yeah. listened to it so many times, and uh, so I remember that was probably the biggest celebrity I ever met at the Lions Club. But you had all your local politicians out there. Yeah, so it was a great time because I mean, it was people that on you know it was so crowded in there. You just you had no choice but to sit and talk to people, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, another fellow I remember coming in there was a fellow by the name of Terry Langford. We called him Piggy because Piggy was a big old boy and okay. one of the finest men you'd ever meet in your life. And uh, he worked with your papa at uh, the electric company. Okay. And so Piggy come in there one night, and I was taking, I was about 15, 16 years old this time, and I was taking up the money. And I think it was $7 for all you can eat. Piggy come in there, and he threw down a $50 bill. And I said, 
get, got ready to give him his change back, and he said, no. He said, just keep it. That's a donation. Well, my granddaddy was standing there behind me, and he said, no, Piggy. He said, it's $7 for everybody. You get all you eat, all you want for $7. And he said, Bernice, which is my granddaddy's name, he said, Bernice, if you don't keep that $50 bill, I ain't eating chitlins tonight. He said, because I'll guarantee you I'm going to eat $50 worth of chitlins while I'm here. And I don't know whether he eat $50 worth of chitlins, but he got clothes probably. Oh, my God. But, you know, that really that really impressed me that, that, that Piggy was adamant about making that donation. You know, I yeah. never, I'll never forget that. You know, you never forget the things that people do when they go above and beyond. Yeah. You know? And I, I always respected him before then, but I certainly had a great amount of respect for him after that. Well, I'm glad. I, I feel like I have respect for him for that reason too. But I just, I will never appreciate Chitlins the way that that you, you or some of those folks do. I, I mean, I grew up eating them. I would eat, try to eat one or two every year. And if you put hot sauce on them. Oh, gotta have you hot can sauce. you can Louisiana. definitely you can get you can get past certain things, but there is a taste that you never can quite get out of your mouth that I don't. Oh, I can. I love them, man. Mm. You take a you take a big old fried chitlin and put it up there on the plate, and you put that hot sauce on it, and then you drink you you uh, you eat your uh, coleslaw and your white beans with it. Man, I tell you, I'm getting starved. Thinking about I'm it, I'm hungry. That man, I'm proud of you. That's hilarious. Well, we will, like I said, well, maybe we'll do a chitlin cook one day. We got the we means can do a to small do it. One. Yeah, we could do a very small one outside, yeah. or maybe even just go down to grandmama's and do it in a place where we what? can get away from the smell instead of having it. I mean, I'm going to tell you something right now. The people that live in the general area around us do not want us cooking chitlins there. No, but it'd be funny, though. It might be. Because people would be going in looking at their shoes thinking they had something on the bottom of their shoes. Oh, they would. That would be awful. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) What is that smell? Good Lord. (laughs) Oh, mercy. You get some of these yuppies around here. We live around, man. Bring them out there. Let them get a good whiff of them chitlins while they're cooking. That's totally different than than hot dogs and hamburgers. Ain't that the truth? It's totally different. You know, the thing about it is, Jesse, I've eaten chitlins several times. After my daddy died. And they're just not the same. I figure that's probably the case. Yeah. I figure that's probably the case. It just I guarantee just you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew that was definitely the case. And I also will say that that is probably the only reason why I would ever even consider eating them or talking about them. It's because of y'all. So <laughs> well, if it wasn't for y'all, I would never seek them out. You know, daddy... I, even even for about the last, I don't know, four or five years of his life, we'd have a we we decided the Lions Club changed when they did the Chitlin Supper. It was like back in November, so Daddy and I decided we'd have a Chitlin Supper the first Saturday in December, just like we always did for years. And we cooked them at his house underneath right. the carport. I remember that you know? vividly. And we'd invite people over. I remember one night, it's probably twenty five, thirty people. They came over and eat chitlins that night. And, uh, you know, uh, Daddy would, anybody that would come in, first announcement Daddy would make, now we're going to play a game. Anybody, we, we, we call this chitlin surprise. 
Oh, no. No. He said, we got a $10 prize for anybody that finds a piece of corn in your chitlins. Oh. That's what you call chitlin surprise. Dad. Well, it's the truth. Well, first of all, I thought you was going to tell me that they put a $10 bill in a chitlin and fried it. Whoever found it got to keep the ten dollar bill. Disgusting. Exactly. You don't put money in, but food, finding corn in 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 chitlins is Man, not any better, dude. Let me. Let that's let worse. Me tell you, when y'all was little, I always tried to find a piece of corn so I could get the ten bucks. I was we went dire straits. I never did win though. Never did find that piece of corn. If I did, I don't know it. That is repulsive. <laughs> that's repulsive. <laughs> I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to consume them again because of that. I oh, think. I'm just playing. I'll cook them and let you eat them. He was too. I'm just playing. You, oh, everybody needs to try a good chitlin every once in a while. It's kind of like eating sushi. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a lot like eating nope. sushi. You said when I go eat sushi, I want to eat as much sushi as I want, and then I'm done for a while. Yeah, that's that's one the way thing. I am with chitlins. That's not the way I am with chitlins. Yeah. I don't think. I think. I don't know, man. I mean, I know there's probably quite a few people out there that enjoy them. I'm just not one of them. It's not. It's not something well, I'm going to go like, for. It's kind of like wine and cheese. Well, wine. It's an acquired taste. I guess you know. So, but you know, back in the country when people killed hogs, and I remember killing hogs quite a bit when I was little. It don't generally get cold enough around here now, but people used to on Thanksgiving. That was what everybody did was killed hogs. Mm -hmm. And what would happen, you'd have somebody on a farm set everything up, and people would bring their hogs and help. Everybody pitched in and helped, and they would kill the hogs that day. Mm. And so, you know. How many? uh, Let's see. I remember as many as seven, eight, maybe ten, you know. Mm. And then they would go ahead and, uh, you know, they'd go ahead and shoot them and gut them and scald them and all that. And then, then you could decide then what you wanted to do. You'd have somebody over there that had a sausage grinder. And then you put all the meat in one big pile, and he'd grind out your sausage for you. I remember Doris Jones coming over and grinding out sausage for us one time mm-hmm. at one of our hog killings. And... uh you know, he'd pack, he, you know, Darce had a good setup. He could package it for you and everything while you was there, and you get your sausage, go home, you get your tenderloins, and you'd have somebody there that'd bring the freezer paper, and you could wrap them all up and label them, and, you know, this was, you know, this came out of so-and-so's hog, and this came out of so-and-so's hog. It was, pretty, it was a pretty big operation. Sounds like it, yeah. And, and you know, with the, but then you didn't, you know, when we killed hogs, we didn't have the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. We had, like, fried tenderloin, fried pork chops, Biscuits and gravy and stuff like that, because you worked all day on Thanksgiving killing those hogs. And then, generally, there was always somebody that have a smokehouse. We we tag them and take the meat over and hang it out in their you know smokehouse. And you know, it, I mean that that's the way it was back in the country. Everybody just pitched in. You know, we we it'd be probably twenty five thirty people over there working. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I mean, did y'all ever do like whole hog? I I remember one time when I was little, 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 we barbecued a whole hog somewhere, but I can't remember where it was. I've never I've never barbecued a whole hog. I never have gotten a nerve to do it. Because mm-hmm. it's a huge operation to do a whole hog. Oh yeah. I mean it's you know, it's it's enough to do shoulders and 
chickens and stuff like that. But doing a whole hog, you have to have somebody there that knows what they're doing. Yeah. And that ain't me. I played um, a party at my buddy Dan's house one time up in Michigan, and they did a whole hog there, and it was some of the best food. Oh, man, whole hog, you can't like, be. Well, the guy who cooked it, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he was there pretty much like the whole 24 hours with it, something like that, right? Yeah. And um, he told me and my buddy Matt, who played the party with me, we got done playing at the end. Everybody else had already eaten, right? And he was like, I saved the best part of this pig for y'all. And he was like, go ahead. I mean, I literally have, there's a picture of me and Matt and this guy, me eating that, that meat. I've still got my guitar strapped around my neck and I'm sitting there just taking chunks of this, this pig straight off of, straight off of the grill. It was, I mean, it was, it like melted in your mouth. It was unbelievable. I've been to several barbecues where people have done whole hogs. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't a part of the barbecuing process. I, I, I went later, um, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it, like I said, you have to have somebody there that knows what they're doing. You have to have some, you know, cause you have to mop that thing with sauce while it go while, yeah. while you're cooking it. Otherwise it'll just be dry. Right. And, um, like I said, I know just enough to mess up a good hog probably. Yeah. You know, um, you know, generally when we would have barbecues when I was a kid, we would do we would do shoulders and chickens. We'd take a big old five pound chub of bologna and put it on there. Uh, I remember my cousin Brandon one time taught me how to do hobo cabbage. Mm-hmm. You've talked about this quite a bit. Good stuff. Brandon's not with us anymore. God rest his soul. But he ta- he he taught me how to do hobo cabbage. I never heard of it before. And me and him sit there and eat that cabbage. That I thought we was gonna be sick. That's hilarious. It was good. You can really go. You can get some cabbage and do some good with it. Oh sure. yeah, yeah. You can take a head of cabbage and do just about anything you want uh-huh. to. With One it. time uh, when I was living in in Ma's old house in Fairview, there was this fire pit. Kind of, I, I guess Paul had started just to like burn junk in. You know what I'm saying? It was just a handful of cinder blocks. I don't know if maybe it was well, used for something else, but at one time it was a pit. We did cook on that. So. Okay, well then it turned into just like a handful of cinder blocks, right? And basically, just like falling in, right? And then I went back and re redid it all. There was an old concrete table that they had sitting up in the front yard forever. Mm-hmm. That we, you know, throw. We had to throw a lot of stuff away and move a lot of stuff out. And that was one of the things that was like, it needs to go. And I was like, hold up. I think we can take that concrete table and sit it on top of them brick blocks out there and make a pretty sick oven. And we did, man. I cooked quite a bit of food out there in that fire pit. I was amazed when you got done with that, how that, how well that thing held heat. Dude, it was just a big, massive oven. Because I filled the cinder blocks with stuff, too. Yeah. On either side. So, yeah. I mean, it was just like a big concrete. It was heavily oven. insulated. Yeah. And um, uh, one time Hunter and I bought up a bunch of turkey legs. Yeah, we were out there that And time. I bought cabbage and I, I took cabbage and onions and took one of them big, like one of them big pans, put the cabbage and onions on the bottom, made it like a bed of that, and then put the turkey legs in there and then put the cabbage and onions on top mm-hmm. and then just sealed it off. And all the juices stayed inside once it started cooking. And, man, I mean, even Hunter was like, dude, this is, like, <laughs> unbelievable. 
It's amazing what you can do with a head of cabbage. You know, you can cut them into steaks, you know, about an inch thick, and season them and put them on the grill. Man, that's some fine eating right there. I mean, it's just, uh, you know. It, We've it, yet to do any smoked cabbage on that Traeger outside that you have. We definitely need to do that. That would be really good. I've seen some recipes, and I'm like, dude, that's cheap. And, like, I mean, you know, I think it's going to be so good coming off that smoker. When we the when we were growing up, it didn't, it didn't, we didn't have anything, but nobody else had anything either, you know. Mm-hmm. And if somebody had something, they would share it with with other families. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my my grandma and grandpa Sullivan put out a garden every year, beautiful little garden, and uh, that. They would, and it, you know, it's probably half acre or so, something like that. It wasn't huge, but they always had enough stuff that they would call and tell people, "Hey, we got tomatoes, we got onions, we got corn, we got squash. Y'all come on over here and get it," you know. And uh, I remember they also had a plum tree in their yard. Every, the prettiest little plums on that plum tree every year. Mm-hmm. And I I couldn't wait for those plums to get ready to eat. And I'd eat plums off that tree until I was doing the crab apple two-step. <laughs> it was so good. And my grandma Sullivan would make plum jelly every year. And uh you know that it got there was a blight that came through and it and the the tree stopped producing fruit and then and a couple years later it died and we had to cut it down. Hmm. That was one of the saddest days of my life when we had to cut that plum tree down. Yeah. It was terrible. But, you know, people shared, and, and they worked together and, and, you know, found out somebody needed something. You Like, old car breakdown. Well, you hmm. go find a neighbor that knew something about that part of the car that broke down. He'd come over and fix your car for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just we just existed with each other. It was kind of like everybody was just one big family, you know. And uh, you don't see that a lot anymore, you know. Not 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 uh, not in today's time because we, first of all, we don't visit people like we used to. Mm-hmm. On Saturday nights, we go generally go see somebody, aunts, uncles, cousins, sit around play cards, you know. And it depended on where you were, whether they had a TV reception or not. So the mm-hmm. kids would have to get outside and play because they didn't have television to sit in front of. Now we sit on Saturday night and watch, you know, or, or I do, so watch CSIs and NCISs and things like that when I really should be out visiting with people. Because mm-hmm. that was that was a good a good time. And, and people stayed close to each other that way. Lots of things have changed yeah. since some chitlin suffers. Yeah. Well, I was listening. There's some tapes over here. I was listening back to some stuff of you and your mom and dad and your sister talking. And it was just crazy to think of, you know, you think about these things, but you don't really sit and think about them that hard. But like back when there weren't TVs and back when there wasn't someone that had walked on the moon. Back back when when there wasn't indoor plumbing. Yeah, dude, seriously. Not for real. I don't know if you heard that, but that was on one of the tapes, too. That was on one of the tapes. Paul talked about how they got their first 
indoor toilet situation going on. It had like it had like heat and everything, so the water, like the pipes, wouldn't freeze. And oh, you talking about the the. I don't know, dude, you're but he was about, talking about it. talking about the old outhouse. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what they're talking about. But, like, you know, just to go back and, like, think about all that stuff. And for me, too, it's cool because I grew up on Taylor Road, too. So, like, you know, that's that same area that he's talking about mm-hmm. in the recording. And that, you know, did, did Papa grow up on that land, too? Yeah, yeah. Literally, he grew so up on that land one, two, about, three, four generations grew up on that same street. Well, you kids were the fifth generations to live on that street. Yeah, your great grand, your great great grandfather, and his wife bought the property, and they lived there. And then your great grandparents, your grandparents, your parents, and y'all. Mm-hmm. So that's five generations to live within a hundred yards of each other. That's something you never find anywhere, right? And so you stop and think: when we left that, when we left that uh, property that we lived on out there in two thousand and nine, there had been generations of our family living on that street since nineteen thirty eight. You know, yeah. Honestly, that is crazy. To, that is so crazy to think about. Seventy one years. Uh, you know, we was talking about outhouses a minute ago. All right. Now, I, my family never did have, we always had indoor plumbing. Okay. But we did know families that still had outhouses. Now, my great grandparents, Earl and Martha Reeves, but we called them fat mom and dad, lived in, in, on Eagle Creek between Waynesboro and Clifton, Tennessee. Okay. Very rural. Very poor part of the state, okay? Um, people in that, generally, back in that day, back in the 70s, either worked in factories in, in Clifton or Savannah or maybe Waynesboro, or they worked in the farm, the farm industry somehow, you know. And we, about once a month, we'd go down and visit my great-grandparents and I remember when they put the indoor plumbing in the house. Up until then, you had to go up the hill behind the house to use the bathroom. Yeah. There was no, there was no, they did have running water in the kitchen, but they didn't have running water anywhere else in the house. So if you got down there and you got dirty, fat mom would run a, a dish pan full of water. And then you go to another part of the house and you take what she used to call a bird bath. Which is basically you soaked your, your, your washcloth in the water, put a little soap on it, and you washed off a little bit, mm. you know. But I remember when they put indoor plumbing in that house, and my great granddaddy would not use the bathroom in the house. He would still go up the hill to the to the outhouse, and people would say, "Earl," said. You got indoor plumbing. Why you still go all the way up there at the outhouse? You might step on a snake. And he said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." He said, "People hadn't all do stuff and do stuff like that in places where they live." He said, "I'll just go to the outhouse." Now the rest of us used indoor plumbing, but Dad, he didn't. He always went to the outhouse. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there. Part of me feels like there's something to what the man had to say there, but at the same time, if it's cold. 
and I got to go number two, I ain't trying to go outside to have to do it. Let me tell you something. One of the biggest rattlesnakes I ever seen in my life was killed up on that hill not too far from where that old outhouse sat. Okay, you're going to have to tell me a little bit about that. Okay, so the old fat mom and dad died, and my granddaddy bought the place, and he rented it out to people, and which happened to be one of one of my cousins that he ran the house, one of my daddy's first cousins, my daddy's mm-hmm. first cousins. And, of course, I remembered the house the way it was when Fat Mom and Dad lived there, and I also remembered where the old hide house used to sit because I used it when I was little, you know. And uh, we were not allowed to go up there by ourselves. If you had to go potty, you had to get somebody to go with you because they afraid you step on a snake. And my cousin, John Earl Reeves. Dude, that is the worst. I don't mean to cut you off. Like, man, I got to use the bathroom. And I'm also, now I have to think about maybe stepping on a freaking snake to get there to do it. That oh, is snakes so... got an outhouse all the time. Man. Yeah, they, you'd open up the door and man, be a snake I would never use there. the bathroom. Ah, uh, well, you know, I mean, you, you got, you got things you got to do, you know. And so we went down there one one Friday, and we walked up, and John Earl said, come here, I want y'all to see what I got. And laying on the back porch was the biggest rattlesnake I'd ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that thing had 10 rattlers and a button on it. And he skinned that thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Ate the meat. And skinned the thing and hung it on a door. And it was stretched from the top of the door and the rattlers was dragging the floor. That is. All right. So that's over six feet tall. That, that was the biggest rattlesnake I ever. And it was, oh, it was just, it just gave me chills looking at that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I can still see it laying on that back porch, you know. And from that time on, I hardly ever got outside down there. I was afraid to step on a snake. You know, I don't like snakes. Oh, dude. So I was in this several months ago. I was walking around Grandma's property, um, checking the deer stands, and just like I don't remember what else I was doing. Regardless, um, I was walking up the hill. This was not too long after I had just had that hip surgery. So mm-hmm. I'm just walking. Right, and I look down, and I see a snake like jumping at my leg. I did not take enough time to see what kind of snake, but I immediately screamed, exclaimed. I'm not showing, telling what word it was that I exclaimed, but I I, have I exclaimed idea. it the rest of the way up the hill mm-hmm. as I ran. I think everybody on that street heard me and i do think that i had to have a little talk with jesus after you better that. be glad your mama was not there she washed her mouth out with soap oh uh, so speaking of which that was one thing that my granddaddy sullivan papa could not stand was a snake right and he owned a little old farm and uh anytime we'd run up on a snake on that farm you could tell because he would start running and he would use some explicit language when he was running. Right, right. And uh, I, I don't know that I ever really heard him use explicit language unless he saw a snake. But if you ever, if you ever working, and all of a sudden you see Papa running, 
mm-hmm. and using some words that his mama would have washed his mouth out with soap for, then you knew that there was a snake. There. I totally, I totally dropped a cuss word in front of grandma when I was walking out her door one day. I almost stepped on a snake then, mm-hmm. but she chased that sucker all the way down into the into the into the field. You know that woman is amazing to me. She still amazes me at the things that she can do. Now she slowed down some, but if if she gets excited about something, yep, she can outwork any man I know. And if it's cause if it's cause chasing a snake down the hillside, she can outwork a man doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, you took videos of that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the videos of it. It's ridiculous. Um, and she's uh. Man, she's a she's a tough woman. I just tell you, she's mm-hmm. tough as nails. But yeah, I'm not a huge snake guy. I'm not a huge snake guy. I was watching. I think it was some stupid video that popped up on Facebook the other day, and it was telling the story of a lady who had purchased a python. Mm. Okay, and she would let this python sleep in her bed. No, with her. No, right? Like I don't know mm-hmm. if she would like. Like, let it through the night, but, like, she would definitely let the python in the... At least this is what was told in the story. And then she was, like, noticing that the python wasn't eating as much and that it wasn't eating its food. And she was like, I need to take it into the to the veterinarian. So she took it in, and they were like, yeah, um, your snake's getting ready to eat you. That's why it stopped eating its food. And that's why it likes cuddling with you. Dude, I, I've it's got sizing chills. you up. No, man. That ain't yeah, right. And I was no. like, man, uh-uh. I ain't never. No. I ain't, you ain't never going to catch no python near my house, son. Mm-hmm. No. I've heard people call them. <laughs> sizing. When I heard it say sizing, sizing you, you up. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. I, I will not kill a black snake. Now I have, I have in ignorance, I have killed black snakes in the past because it was out of my ignorance. But I will not kill a black snake anymore. Now I, I will do what I can to run him off. And if he gets aggressive with me, I might, you know, I might whack him over the head with a switch or mm-hmm. something to get him to go the other way. But I won't, I won't kill him. The reason being, black snakes eat poisonous snakes. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen photographic evidence of black snakes eating copperheads. And mm. I've actually heard... Huge fan of that. That, and your Uncle Wilburn McGahee told me this. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I bet it was Wilburn that said that. That he saw one time two snakes get into a fight. One of them was a black snake, and the other one was... I can't remember if it was a copperhead or a rattlesnake anyway. The poisonous snake would bite the black snake. And the black snake would slither off and chew on some sort of a weed. I don't know what weed that is, but he would chew on some sort of a weed and then come back and fight the the, the poison snake until he beat the poison snake down and then and then eat him. Now that's a good snake. That's crazy. That's a good snake. That's a good. That's a good you have to snake. Ask right Wilburn there. about that when you talk to him. He'll tell you about it. I will. That's pretty insane. Now, I don't think he knows what weed it was, but it'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. What it was. Yeah. I don't like snakes. I don't like nothing about them. Um, black snakes are good snakes, but I don't. I still don't want to be around them. No, me neither. Not I a think fan. the Lord made them crawl around on his belly for a reason. Maybe, but yeah. I'm definitely not a fan. Definitely not a fan at all. There was a uh, 
a girl that I went to high school with that had a pet snake that brought it to class one day. For some reason, the teacher let her bring it to class, and I was running late. That's not that chick, that teacher out there don't have that ain't got no sense. No, I was running late to class that day, and I had just bought a like thirty two ounce smoothie king, like the big one. You know what I'm saying? It was full. I was running late, trying to get to class, trying not to spill it, making sure, you know, like. It's, Were you at Lipscomb? Yeah, okay. super heavy. Like this was super heavy styrofoam cup. I have like the plastic top on top, and I might have been even holding it by the top, which was just like super risky. But I had my mm. hands full. You know what mm. I'm saying? I walk through the door, and I look at like the people to my left, and this girl. I like could see her, and like I didn't see the snake in her hands, right? Mm. Mm. But I see her. And she's like in front of me to the right and I look to my left and I look at the rest of my class. And I think we had talked about how I didn't like snakes the day before this. The whole class, like we talked about snakes and I talked about how I didn't like them. I think that's why this happened, but they were all waiting for me to turn around and look at that snake she was holding in my face no, come at on, this man. point. Dude. No, that ain't right. Yeah, man. So no. I've got this. <laughs> no. I turn around and look and it's a little baby. I think it was a little baby python right there. She no. had it right in front of my face. Mm. And I, I don't remember what I said, but no, it probably sir. wasn't great. And I was totally not asleep the first Folks hour. Folks had not to do stuff like that at a mm-hmm. Christian school because usually if you get startled by something like that, there's going to be a very unchristian thing come out of your mouth. Right. You know, so folks had not to do that. They set me up. They did set you up. And did you, did you use an explicit word? That's what I was saying. I don't remember what I used, but luckily the teacher wasn't around. So. Oh, okay. And you didn't get called Coach Mac's office for Didn't, didn't go in the office. That's that good. That's good. Um, have you, don't you ever eat any rattlesnake? Well, I was thinking about that a minute ago when you brought that up. The, 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 that gentleman had eaten some rattlesnake because I was like, I haven't, I don't think, I don't think I've had any, but I would be very interested to try some. I don't think I'd want to go and order a meal of fried snake, but if there was like an appetizer somewhere that was like, this is fried rattlesnake, and everybody got to try some, I'd definitely be down. When I was about 12 or 13 years old, we went to visit some cousins down in Waynesboro, and we went to eat supper. Of course, everybody, whole family was there. And we went to eat supper, and they had all kinds of stuff there on the table. And I saw this platter of what I thought was battered and fried pork, you know. Right. And I couldn't wait to tear into that because I love me some fried pork. Yeah. You know. I know you were so I went salivating a little I was. bit. It was awful. And there was corns and peas and potatoes and, and green beans and cornbread and stuff all over the table. You know, the table was loaded. So we come in there to fix our plate, and I got me a couple pieces of that meat, and I'm just standing there while I'm fixing my plate, eating a piece of it, you know. And my cousin's husband said, Travis, how you like that snake? I said, do what? He said, how you like that snake? He said, you're eating a rattlesnake. I said, I'm done. I'm, I'm I done. done. I'm going I'm going strictly vegetables on this meal right here. I am done with meat. <laughs> And I said, well, we got other stuff here. I said, nope, nope. If you, if you feed me rattlesnake, you'll feed me anything. I'm just going to stick with what I know, you know? So I went with the peas and the corn and the cornbread and beans. But until they told you, you didn't even question. Didn't even question it. And it was, I, I think, you know, you, you look back at it now and I was so traumatized <laughs> by the fact that I'd eaten snake that I don't remember what it tastes like. But I'd done eat a half a piece of meat, so it must have been pretty good. 
You were telling you me know? what you just said right there made me think of another Facebook video I watched this week. And it was I hope it ain't nothing about sizing you up to be no, eating. No, it was a guy and this kid. I think it was a girl and she was probably like ten to twelve years old, something like that. And she's eating a plate of bacon. She's got like four or five pieces of bacon and she's mowing down on it and the guy who's filming he's like, So uh, what do you think about that bacon? She's like, It's good. It's the best bacon. And he's like, oh, it's the best bacon? And she's like, yeah, it's the best bacon. And she's like munching on it. He goes, like the conversation keeps going. And he goes, hey, you remember that pig we had out in the front yard? Oh, no. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, that big one? Dude. You know, and then like I remember he said the name. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, that's the pig. Oh. And you see her just sit the bacon back down. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, and I'll do that to you. Well, I mean, it's the facts of life, dude. No, if you want to enjoy a piece of bacon, you got to know where it came from. It reminds me one time, uh, my aunt, I don't, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that was the, probably the best situation for that child, if, if we're being honest. But like, in all seriousness, I think that that, association should be made. And I think you should have to like think about those things. Sometimes we have been given the signal that we need to wrap this up. We got a little bit more time though. We do. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm down with that. Cause I want to tell you a really funny story. Yeah, please. Okay. We got All at right. least several more minutes. So. All right. So speaking of traumatizing children and, and, and let me just say this, that as adults, we sometimes do or say things that traumatize our kids, but we don't mean to. It just happens. It's just one of those things, right? So my cousin Keith and his mom and daddy, Benny and Lucille, had a dog named Meatloaf one time, a little old weenie dog named Meatloaf. And Meatloaf lived to be, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, and sadly he passed away. And Keith was probably at this time about four years old. And one night we were eating supper with my grandparents. And Keith was eating a meatloaf that my grandmother had prepared. And we were all sitting there eating and everything. And somebody said, man, that is some good meatloaf, Mom. You did a great job on that meatloaf. And Keith lost it. Because he thought we were eating his weenie dog. And it was so, so awful. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't remember exactly what happened after that. But, I mean, you know, we had to start calling it something else in front of him. We couldn't call it meatloaf because he thought we were eating the dog. That is hysterical. You know, so, you know, traumatizing children, you don't, you know. I, I mean, it's just like eating that snake. You know, they all eat rattlesnake down there. They eat everything. I would really, you know? I'd really like to get, I was thinking about it when you were talking about him killing that snake. I was like, I wonder what it would taste like to get some of them Traeger seasonings and throw it on a snake and toss it on that. Cause I mean, honestly, Man, I don't know. I bet it would, pro- I bet it would be a lot like alligator. I think it'd be a lot. Probably. My guess would be like, cause alligator is kind of like, oh, you can maybe compare it to chicken some ways or whatever. I think it would probably be a lot like alligator. I, I don't know. We did a barbecue competition a couple of years ago. and I love how you have an issue with eating a fried snake, but not a fried pig poop tube. <sighs> yeah, that's a, I mean, I, I do have Because that's what they are. Issues, that's right? what I they are. Exactly, that's exactly what they are. I have issues, but... but 
uh, man, there's just something about eating a, a, a an animal that that you know it's got poison in its system. You know, I would feel that way about any kind of snake. I, I first of all, I just don't like snakes. Snakes scare me. I mean, I I I I get terrified. I do snakes. too. I do too. You you know? you. And you Pushed that fear upon I me. I get absolutely terrified around snakes. Do I don't I. even like to watch them on television, you know. And these snake videos, these these wranglers that go get those rattlesnakes and stuff Dude. out from around. The, they, I, uh, I don't even like to watch those videos. They scare Dude, me. Dude, maybe like we them. should have a snake handler come over here one day. Dude, <laughs> that'd be fine me, long as he ain't got no snakes with him. But so if there's bring, snakes here, bring I'm a couple out. of snakes and show them to us. If the snake handler comes in here with snakes, I'm going down to Mexican restaurant. You don't think we could face Dude. our fears together on, on camera? I am out. I'm out. You no can snake. count me out. Even if it's outside and not in our house no, so they sir. could get I don't loose. even want it on my property. <laughs> don't even want it on the property. <laughs> don't like snakes. I don't like lizards. Don't like frogs. Don't like mice. I don't like any of them little old bitty creatures. Interesting. You know? But uh, I do like some fried chitlins, though. That's so wild. Well, yeah. I'm down to try some fried rattlesnake for sure. And I, I, I think that, honestly, I think I'd probably... Enjoy it. I don't think I'd be like, let's have this all the time. But if I had to kill a rattlesnake, I'd be like, let's eat that sucker. I'd try it. I'd try it again. Yeah. I think you'd probably get past. I think you might be able to get past it. Yeah. I don't know. You used to not be able to eat the deer stuff. And then you've started to, I mean, it's not like you're like love eating deer, but everything we fed you, you've been like, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I'm not a huge venison fan, but I, I mean, I can't eat it. Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily my favorite meat either, but I'm a huge. I'm gonna I be do honest love, with y'all. I do love me some deer jerky though. Boy. I take yeah. Oh, I do I too. Need some deer no jerky doubt. And summer I, sausage. I wish so badly that we had a river running through here with a bunch of salmon in it. Because I'm gonna tell oh, you, oh, right I love now, me buddy, some salmon. I love you know that's salmon. something else I wouldn't eat two or three years ago was salmon. Y'all have turned me on to the salmon around here. I know you're a pretty stubborn man I, when it you know, comes just, to the things you will and yeah. won't eat. I mean, but hey, you got to give me credit. At least I will try it. You know, I will try it. So you will try it. But yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big salmon fan now, buddy. I love me some salmon and rice and things like that. Grill on that Traeger. Man, know, seriously, the, just straight salmon off the Traeger grill with the, if you. Put some olive oil on the outside of that. Obviously, wash it off, rinse it off. But put olive oil all, all over the outside of it and then cover it in that fin and feather Traeger seasoning. Toss it in there for as long as it's supposed to be yeah. and pull it out. And I'm going to tell you something right now. It's better every time than anywhere, any restaurant you're going to go to. Every time me and Catherine eat it, we look at each other and we're like, it's best, better than any salmon we've had in a restaurant. We need, to, we need to do a podcast and record, video record you with when you season meat we've got about eight minutes left if that i want you to tell me some stories about um freddy krueger and walt lever man because you were talking about traumatizing children earlier and the first thing i thought of was walt lever which if he hears this is gonna be he's gonna he's gonna get the biggest kick out of the baby of the family hunter was and and you know I I love to scare people, but I hate getting scared. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're aggravating like that. I know. I hate getting scared. It makes me mad to get scared, and I hate getting scared. But 
I love scaring people. And Hunter was the most fun child in the world to scare. Dude, dude. wide <laughs> open. His wide mouth open. would fly <laughs> right away. You know. And uh, so Hunter, and Hunter was a, a wonderful child. He would go into his bedroom and play with his toys for hours, and we would lose him. We'd like, where's Hunter? And we'd go back there, and he'd be playing with his toys, and just he was good and quiet. And But there was just something about walking outside at night and walking down to his bedroom window, and while he's in there playing, minding his own business, being good, I would scratch the screen on the window <laughs> outside. And so, for the, for those of you who can't see this, I wish you could see, because what Hunter would do, he'd be playing, and all of a sudden I'd scratch on the screen, he'd hear it, and he'd stop. <laughs> and he would freeze. And then, he would wait to see if he heard it again, and when he didn't, he would slowly go back to what he was doing, playing with his toys and everything. And I'd scratch on that screen, go, on that screen. And then, finally, he'd freeze, and then he would, slowly turn toward the window. <laughs> and sometimes I would have a mask on, this horrible yeah, looking, terrible mask. Ma- one the, time. I had the screen mask on one time, but then I had this horrible monster looking mask on one time. And sometimes I would just stand there in the window and be waving at him. And it didn't matter. He was still scared. And he would let out this blood curdling <laughs> scream absurd. and absurd. run down the hall. And I would come in the front door and your mom would say, I'm going to kill you. He was back there behaving himself and being good. And you, we won't ever get him in the bed tonight. <laughs> but <laughs> he, oh, bless his heart. It's wondering kids got a lick of sense. So about this time too, when all this is going down, Freddie and Jay, Freddie versus Jason comes out and we all wouldn't let us watch nothing that was. R-rated no. or nothing like no. that, especially some kind of horror movie like no. that. And I was old enough to be like, I want to watch this. I want to watch this. And Hunter was old enough to be like, I want to watch it too. And so like we well, talked anything, about watching it, but it never happened. Anything that you did, Hunter wanted to do just, he wanted to do, do it too. Right. You know, it didn't, and so if you watch something on television, Hunter thought he ought to be able to watch it on television, you know, which became a problem when you got to be like, you know, 16 and 12. Right. And 18 and 14. But at know. the time, so like, he, neither of us, what I said all that to say was neither of us watched this movie. But, and, and I will say this too, deep down inside, when you were scaring Hunter all this, there was this part of me that was like, is Freddy around the corner? You <laughs> 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 know, I was like, is Walt Lever about to come so, get me? So, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, uh, first of all, our preacher at church named Walt Lever. Wonderful man. And uh so Hunter would be back there. <laughs> this was at this Grandmama's. Is, this was at Grandmama's when this happened. I remember this being in this is the, awful. the like bonus extra room over there at Grandmama's. And you was trying to scare Hunter and you had been saying Freddy whenever you'd scare and you could you could walk up and just be in the same room as Hunter with twenty other people and just walk up to him and whisper in his ear and just go Freddy. He would absolutely lose it right then and there. And he wouldn't be able to calm down. So it, I mean, it's seriously any and everywhere, whatever time of day, it didn't matter. There was this phase where you so, could just go up to Hunter and say, Freddy. 
We were getting ready to go. To, I'm, I feel so bad having this much fun at his expense. But I we, don't. We would go to. We were getting ready to go to bed one night, and Donna, your mama, told me. She said, "Whatever you do, don't say Freddie. Do not say Freddie, because he's been good and don't mess it up." And I said, "Okay, I won't." So I went back there. Hunter's playing in his room. I snuck back to the bedroom door. And I leaned in and I said, okay, I'm not going to say Freddy because I know he's going to lose it. And so I leaned in and I said, Walt Lever. <laughs> Our preacher's name. You I didn't just, say it like that. You went, Walt Lever. <laughs> <laughs> With a little growl in there. <laughs> Walt Lever. <laughs> and when I did, he goes, <laughs> he comes running out of the bedroom, pushes me up against the wall, and runs down the hall to his mom. And he goes, "Mama, Mama, Daddy just walked, levered me." <laughs> he just walked, levered me. <laughs> and I, and I, of course, your mama got mad at me and. and Threatened to kill me, and I am losing it too because me, I'm like, I know. can't believe Hunter just got scared by Walt Lever. And then, like I said, there was this little part of me that was wondering, Is Walt about to jump out and scare us right now? <laughs> I even did it one time with Clarence Daly. <laughs> by there, I said, Hunt Clarence Dad, Daly. Dad would just pick random people from church that were just really nice, sweet people, Wonderful and he would people. use their name yeah. instead of Freddie, and it would freaking and scare by, the crap out of him. I go by and say, Charlie Hill. <laughs> you, you the could Walt use, Lever one was the. You could use any name. It didn't matter. If he's back there playing, you know, <laughs> you could walk back there and say, air conditioner. <laughs> and he would freak out and come out screaming. It's because he started thinking about that, that daggum ghost mask that kept popping up outside his Dude, window. let me tell you, I. I, I hate that I did that, but man, it was so much fun. I mean, anytime I could catch Hunter in there playing by himself and being good, I would do something. I'd try to do something to scare him. He was so much fun to scare. Ashley was not nearly as much fun to scare because I think she was just smart enough to know that she was fixing to get scared so she didn't get scared, you know? And I didn't never intentionally scare your mama because whatever she had in, in, in her hand, she would turn around and whack me with it. It mm -hmm. didn't matter. Mm -hmm. So I, if I'm going to scare your mama, I got to make sure she don't have anything in her hand because I'm fixing to get hit with mm -hmm. it. You know? And if it, if it, there is, she doesn't have anything in her hand. She'll, she'll, she would deck me probably, you know, I don't want to get beat up by a girl. So I don't scare your mama. <laughs> Especially you know? her. She's, she's mean. She'll, she'll like cheap shot you too. Oh yeah. Oh, your mama don't fight fair. No. No way. Well, hey, that was hilarious. Thanks for doing this with me again this morning. I've enjoyed sitting here talking to you. It's the first time you. I've laughed till I cried, and I don't know how long. Yeah, that was, that was that that was was a good one. I knew it was going to be whenever Hunter, you started we're sorry. talking about that. We're sorry. We're not sorry, but we're really sorry we had that much fun at your expense. But Hunter's had you. enough fun at my expense for it to definitely be worth it for me to enjoy He's that. had some fun at my expense, too. That's a good thing about it. We can have fun at each other's expense and, 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 uh, and laugh about it, so... Shout out to Walt Lever. Shout out to Walt Lever. We're not scared of you, Clarence buddy. Clarence Daly in heaven. Chico, Charlie Hill, we love you, buddy. And uh, love Walt. 
Love everybody. Yeah, y'all have a great uh, rest of the day. And make sure, if you don't already, follow and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and if you like music, go find me however you listen to or buy music, Jesse Wayne Taylor. And uh, I've got I've got the tunes out everywhere. Besides that, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. I ain't asking nobody for nothing.